station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I am joined, as always, by my co-host. Once again, she is a movie mad scientist, <laughs> Melissa Kersher. <laughs> <laughs> and we are also, once again, joined by, we're going to have to call her this time, well, let's, let's just call her movie matchmaker, Allison Anderson. Ooh. Hello, Allison. Hello. You're back. I am back. And we are here to watch Bride of Frankenstein. You are just our Frankenstein person. Yep. So uh, you need to tell us before we start talking about this movie and then watching it, what do you know about Bride of Frankenstein? She's the Bride of Frankenstein. Oh. Okay. She has a, a shock of white hair in her dark hair, mm-hmm. and it all sort of sticks up. Okay. Okay. That's it. That's all I got. So you know about Rockin'. the hair. <laughs> Rockin'. The hair is not a surprise. All right. <laughs> I will not be shocked by the hair. The hair is shocked. I'm not mm-hmm. shocked. Mm-hmm. Other than that, <laughs> I mean, you. I, I mean, I would hope you know it's a sequel to Frankenstein. Yeah, I figured it was Frankenstein adjacent. It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> At this point, uh, we are going to be uh, we are going to be uh, uh, striking out away from the original Mary Shelley material. Mm. Yeah, although it it is based on a subplot that is in the novel. Ah, yeah, there it, it not very closely, but there sure. is like a little bit of the original novel where this kind of branches off of. Yeah, there's a well, seed. There's, there's a kernel in there. There's a kernel in there. Yeah, yeah, I mean the creature comes back and wants wants Frankenstein to create a a mate a mate for him, and Frankenstein starts the process, and then is like, no, this is the worst idea ever, and he destroys everything, and then the the then the monster. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. goes out of mm-hmm. out of control. And, Ooh, yeah. something sniffing my ankle. Yeah, Hi, Natasha. <laughs> it's not. It's not a not a Frankenstein. Nope. So, no, or, it, it is a cat. It is a cat that that we did not construct from body parts. No, dug yeah, up because we are not watching Reanimator. No, now no. there's a movie we should watch after this. <laughs> we can all assume Natasha was made in the episode. usual fashion. Know, we just keep writing down. If we oh, we should watch this movie next. We're never even. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> the, you know, the list is already just unmanageable. <laughs> we can watch movies until we die. I know. That's pretty much the plan. I'm, in case yeah. those of you listening didn't know. Anyway, yeah. so <laughs> we're going to go back and watch Bride of Frankenstein. Now, it is, uh, it's directed by the same individual yep. who directed the original Frankenstein. James Whale, yes. So you might notice some visual uh, similarities. Mm-hmm. He also had... Pre- they. This movie comes about four years after, like the the actual movie itself uh, came out four years after the first film, which means that basically Universal was going, please make us a sequel that make us lots of money, and and James Whale went, nah, please, <laughs> nah, please, nah, let me do everything I want, okay. And then, so so basically, he got to uh, do a couple movies in between, and then got carte blanche to do this movie, whatever he wanted. So, this one's a little bit more crazy town than the first. A little more crazy town, and yet mm-hmm. uh, many might argue better. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a it is certainly a beloved movie. It is beloved, <laughs> beloved by all, or maybe not all, but mm-hmm. enough, mm-hmm. enough. So, uh, with that, why don't we just go watch Bride of Frankenstein and mm-hmm. uh, a complete what I think I would call our Frankenstein suite. Yes, so, <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs>
Would you like a house full of whores? <laughs> it's my, my only weakness. <laughs> and we are back. Hello. <laughs> We've discovered many of Dr. Praetorius's weaknesses. His only weaknesses. His only weakness. <laughs> many towers have collapsed. Well, really only one. Yeah. But uh, we have watched Bride of Frankenstein. Allison, having yes. completed the Frankenstein suite now, Woo-hoo. what did you think of, I mean, there are more Frankenstein movies, yeah, but really sure. this is- The this important is, one. Yeah. yeah. What did you think of Bride of Frankenstein? Um, I did like it. I found it very frustrating at points because, you know, as I mentioned as it finished, I'm just feeling so bad for the monster. And I felt badly enough for him the first time around. Uh And then his situation did not improve. And it just... Partway through the movie, I'm starting to get to this point where I'm like, okay, how many ways... Can we beat up on this poor soul? Yeah, yeah. That's part of the point of the movie, just Mm -hmm. both movies, is really how everybody misunderstands the monster. Uh, And, you know, the one person who treats the monster well, the old blind man, uh, is taken away from him by well meaning but stupid people. Yeah. Sure. A lot of those. And so he's just (laughs) looking, he's just looking for a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, friend. Um, friend. friend. I know. That's the interesting thing that the bride character there's there's nothing sexual about that relationship no. for the for the monster. He no, just he... figures that somebody else like him mm-hmm. will like him. Yeah, yeah. He really just wants a friend. He's not necessarily looking for a bride or yeah. a partner. Just a friend, and and she's as horrified by him as everyone else, which is just. Oh, my heart breaks for him. Mm-hmm. It does, you know? And also for her, because, you know, you're yeah. brought to life for the sole purpose of... Of, of yeah. Know, of, of being a companion this other, to this other being, yeah. yes. And, and, oh, no, you don't And like being him. the bride of Frankenstein, which is weird, because Frankenstein's already married. I yeah, don't understand that's, where that's That was really weird, yeah. because, you know, I've always heard her, her referred to in that way, and it didn't even seem strange to me until that scene where they revived her, and he proclaims her bride of Frankenstein, and I was like... But, dude, you're Frankenstein. You're well, not making this chick but, for yourself. Well, but he made her. <laughs> I know. Well, it just I it, mean, it just like, never struck me as weird until that moment. Yeah. And it is so weird that he yeah. would proclaim her bride of Frankenstein. Very odd. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot about this movie that's odd. But also, I mean... The little people in jars bit, which is... I, both, that was oh, so that, weird. It's kind of cool, but... Why? Also, this weird little slapstick comedy bit with mm-hmm. the with the king climbing out of the jar. <laughs> I and, know, that and was then, so then, bizarre. And the bishop being like, "You're bad. You're bad. You're both really bad." But it's foreshadowing because <laughs> the guy's going like, "Me, me, 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 me," and she's going, rrr, rrr, rrr. Yeah. And "She doesn't want anything to do with him." <laughs> I know it was so weird, and they made the king like like Henry the Eighth, and yeah. <laughs> Yes, because why not? It was so weird because apparently that's what a king looks like. I kind of do like you know that you know oh he's out again. You'd pick him up with the tweezers, plop him back in the bottle, and then put something on top of the bottle to hold him in there. Yeah, I mean, dude, if he could rupture his way out of the bottle, he could probably you know just push it. I mean, he he seems yeah, he got got the cover off. He got the cover off the 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 thing. Yeah, the blind, which is supposed to calm. He could nudge the teacup like it calms down. Birds, isn't that what it's like? <laughs> <laughs> um, when you've made tiny humans, just put a cover on them. They'll be fine. You calm down your miniature people by putting covers over their yeah. little... Doesn't everybody know this trick? 
Well, Ray Torres is the expert yeah. on, on miniature people as as the only person who, so far as we know, has created one. Miniature yes. people, yes. yes. Yeah. Um, and a mermaid. And a, and a yeah, mer- miniature uh, mermaid. Yeah. By the way, the mermaid is a uh, was a uh, Olympic gold medalist named uh, Josephine McKim, and her other claim to fame, aside from being a, an Olympic gold medalist, is that in Tarzan and His Mate, which is one of the sequels to the uh, first first Johnny Weissmuller yeah. Tarzan movie, which we did watch. We did. This we, we podcast. watched. Yeah. Um, Tarzan and His Mate has this. Saucy scene where Ooh, uh, saucy. It's very saucy because it was pre-code, ah. and uh, so Johnny Weissmuller and Maureen O'Hara go nude swimming. Oh. And there's like it, it's it's like there's this underwater swimming sequence where I think Tarzan still is in a loincloth, but uh, Jane, Jane is, is Jane sure ain't, mm. and uh, our Little Mermaid was her body double, oh. so she ah. was the one who actually performed that. So sequence. was she an Olympic swimmer? Is that what she was a medalist? For? Yeah, she was a member of the 1924 and 1928 well, I mean, U.S. She was a mermaid. No wonder yeah. she won the Olympic gold medal. That's yeah. that. That's, that's yeah. That's, that seems, seems like an edge to it's me. Probably yeah. why that I got like, outlawed yeah. in later Olympics. Mm-hmm. I think. Sure. Yeah. No mermaids after that. Yeah. Yep. It just seems unfair mm-hmm. to the non mermaids. It really does. And, you know, what country is she from? <laughs> She's U.S. She's Atlantis. American. No, I mean the mermaid. <laughs> She's American. She's an from Amer- Atlantis. God damn it, Tim. She's Atlantean. Are you? <laughs> I'm an American mermaid. I don't know. Okay. Okay. That sounds like a fringe show. <laughs> it does. So, American mermaid. All right. So, um, and I mean the the other thing that's fascinating about this film is the bride is in it for like two minutes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And she and yet she's one of the iconic uh, Universal monsters. She's also I think the only Universal monster who never kills anybody. Yeah. Nor does she have any. Well, she only, yeah. She only lives for two minutes and then yeah. boom, screaming and hissing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she doesn't see. I mean, it's a better brain. It was grown in a lab. We all know that lab-grown mm-hmm. brains are better. They than, are better. Yeah. 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 You just, know, it, than it's abnormal like, brains. Yeah. That's it's just science. It's like lab-grown <laughs> diamonds instead of blood diamonds. It's yeah. right? so much more it's ethical. Just, yeah. Yeah. It was a, she was and very better clarity for, yeah. as, in terms of <laughs> life creation. It was a much more ethical job. Yeah, mm-hmm. with a grown brain Ex- in a in a, in a <clears throat> that well the heart wasn't so yeah ethical. Yeah, that no, was that less ethical. ethical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that it, they, they they did send him to an accident hospital, yeah. not an illness hospital, <laughs> yes, or a murder hospital, yes. a hospital specifically. For accidents. But but did he listen? <laughs> no. <laughs> he did not. And, then, did and not. then, you know, you've got the, at the end where the monster just goes up on the roof and throws Carl off uh-huh. for the hell of it. Mm-hmm. So just kind of like, you know, oh, there's Carl. Mm-hmm. Rah! <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> I thought he was knocked out because of the LSD wine cocktail, but I, yeah. guess, I guess not. Not so much. Mm. Yeah, you know, I don't. I mean, he has a very fast metabolism, apparently. I guess yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. So since we just did Frankenstein, we've already talked about like Clive Owen. And That's not Clive Owen. Colin uh, Clive. Colin, Colin Clive. Clive. Clive I know. I keep wanting time. to say Clive Owen yeah, too. Yeah, and we talked too. about James Whale. Yep. And uh, but well, we, there, we have there a are a few new... new folks that we can talk about in this film. Okay. Um, 
So first of all, Mae Clark was an unavailable for this movie, so she was not able to return as the Elizabeth. Well, Elizabeth, um, she had actually gotten in a car accident and oh, was no. still recovering. Wow! And so she had to be replaced by Valerie Hobson. Mm-hmm. Who, Valerie Hobson? Um, I'll just get into her for a little bit. Uh, she was in Kind Hearts and Coronets and Werewolf in London, among other things. Uh, she was Irish. Uh, came over to the U.S. to be a film star. A film star after uh, Scarlet Fever ruined her dancing career. Ah. Uh. So she married a producer, divorced him, and then uh, in 1952, and then she married a guy named John Profumo. John Profumo, uh, in 1963, he was an important uh, member of the conservative government in Britain, serving as the Minister of War. Um, and in 1963, he was uh, caught in a sex scandal where he was uh, having an affair with a showgirl named Christine Keeler, who at the time was also having an affair with a Soviet military attache named Eugene Ivanov. Ooh, oh, dear. Scandalous. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It pretty much took down the conservative government. Wow. Entirely. And so uh, Hobson stood by her, her philandering husband throughout the entire scandal, but it did not go well. Uh. So that's kind of her... Uh, Probably her biggest claim to fame. There are not what you want. by her yeah. slimy man. There was a movie <laughs> in the '90s called Scandal um, that was about that entire thing. Happening oh, really? In the British government. It's it's a very interesting movie. So that's her. Yeah. Um, so better known for that stuff than her acting. <laughs> but thing. you know it. it it, it always kind of jars me if you watch the two movies back to back. Mae Clark is just like this platinum blonde and all of a sudden, boom, Elizabeth is a brunette. <laughs> well, she was probably dyeing her hair anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's all right. Yeah. Um, then we also have um, Dr. Praetorius, <laughs> who I who I adore. <laughs> He's creepier than the monster. Oh my I mean, he God. is much creepier. And they lit him so creepy. Oh. It's just like all this, all this low lighting so that all the lines on his face mm-hmm. are, are pronounced. And, and Jagged edges yeah, everywhere. Really nicely mm-hmm. done. Yeah, uh, uh, James Whale liked working with him because uh, there was this movie that Whale made previously to this called The Old, Old Dark House. And uh, he, uh, Ernest Thesiger played Horace and so that's kind of where they they found their bond working ah. together and so uh Will wanted they to hit work it with off again yeah and so Ernest Isiger he was he, he comes from like British royalty he was the grandson of the first baron of Chelmsford Ooh, Chelmsford yeah. he originally wanted that's a good one yeah he wanted to be a painter um <laughs> and tried and tried and tried he never really hit home okay. in his career. But, you know, he was a watercolor painter throughout his life. Uh, but he turned to theater, and that's where he found his Theater was his fallback plan. That was his fallback plan. <laughs> yeah. but if you he, can't make it in art, you can make it in theater. This, <laughs> I've heard that said many a time. This is a guy who had a very interesting life, and I wish I had a book that was, like, a, his biography, because all the stuff, tidbits I found about his life, it's like... This guy is interesting. So he lived in what was generally regarded as a lavender marriage where both the partners were homosexual or bisexual Uh, uh, and they were basically covering each other's uh, 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 Covering each other's behinds. So he was married to Jeanette Rankin um, 
And Jeanette was said to be in love with poet Margaret Jourdain. And uh, Ernest Sessiger was long figured to be homosexual. He'd do stuff like lay lilies at the feet of the handsome doorman at the Savoy Hotel. And um, he, he also had some fun hobbies aside from water painting. He, he wrote a book about embroidery. He was very much into embroidery. And he used to be the crochet partner of Queen Mary. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> you need a crochet partner. Well, yeah. Oh, when you're you, queen. You know, you just sit there and, and <laughs> you're just hooking. No, I get, it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Hooking together. Hooking together. But yeah. not hooking up. That would be something no, no, else. No, that's it very different. It doesn't and, and sound like he was into the... He wasn't yeah. into the hooking up. No. No. Not, really not with the ladies. <laughs> Maybe with a different kind of queen. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, Thanks. I oh, totally did. <laughs> and also new in this movie is Una O'Connor, who I adore. Una. She is Una. Una. She is the 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 nervous little housekeeper with the Frau big Blucher. eyes. Frau Blucher with the funny <laughs> little hat. And she is just this delightful uh, character actress who pops up here and there. Uh, James Whale liked casting her and stuff too. Because um, she was also in The Invisible Man, if I remember right. But she was also in Witness... How could you tell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she wasn't The Invisible One. Uh, fair yeah. Um, she was you in, could see her. She was in Cavalcade in a role that she originated on the stage. And Cavalcade is one best Oscar for that year, but it's not generally regarded as a good movie anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she was in Witness for the Prosecution, mm. uh, which is a very good movie and we should do very soon. Yeah, we should. Like very soon because there's like three people involved with this movie ooh, that are also in there. Ooh, ooh. All right. Um, and then, last but not least, is Elsa Lanchester. Elsa Lanchester. Elsa what, Lanchester. What was she? I don't know if they, they credited she her. She was the bride of Frankenstein. What? She, and also Mary what? Shelley. She yes. th- she was credited as Mary Shelley. Yes, she was. But she was. But, but as the monster. As the monster. Wife. Isn't it credited mo- the monster's uh, wife? The bride. No, I, don't I think remember. it's a bride of Frankenstein. Bride of Frankenstein. Question mark. Hmm? Anyway. <laughs> question mark. Who uh, could it be? Who we don't could it know. Be? Don't know. Don't know. So, um... She is a lovely actress. I always like seeing her stuff because she doesn't have that very typical Hollywood beauty. She has a lot of personality to her face. Mm. but And also her personality is just so great when it comes through on film. <laughs> She's just very charming. And, uh, and especially in Bride of Frankenstein here, you know, you get the the chance to see her in two different roles. You know, that, that Mary Shelley bits mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning and then... I love her body acting as the Bride of Frankenstein because, you know, she uses that two mm-hmm. minutes to its fullest. She's she does. That, that weird bird-like movement that she does looking around the room and the hissing mm-hmm. and the, yeah, whatever. It's, I, I like her <laughs> yeah, a I mean, lot. There's a reason that, that she's remembered. Oh, Since yeah. she has no screen time. And it's yeah. not just the way she looks, but the way she behaves. Yes. For that short amount of time, which mm-hmm. is not human yeah. No, it's distinctly not human. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. very clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that that makes a big difference. I don't know. Uh, just to, before we cover more about Elsa Lanchester for a minute, uh, I I don't know how they got her hair done that fast. Because <laughs> you know the yeah. monster's up on this on the roof and he throws Carl down and we assume that once they bring her down he's going to rush back down for his friend and mm-hmm. by the time he gets there, her hair's done. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> it's science, Tim. Science. It's science hair. Yes. Wow. It's si- totally science hair. Anyway, back to Elsa also, also, there was like a cage underneath her actual hair, and it was like threaded through with horse hair to hold everything in place. Yeah. That, the idea behind that was um, uh, images of, of uh, Nefertiti uh, with the hat. Sure. And oh, the sure. And, yeah, yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I totally I, got I that. I love that design. Did you get that? I got that. Uh, totally. Okay, good. Totally. Nefertiti. So (laughs) Elsa Lanchester, very interesting woman. She was uh, the daughter of two democratic socialists who um, did not believe in the institution of marriage or anything like that. Um, uh, Her mother was actually committed to an asylum in 1895 because she was unmarried to the man she was partnered with. Oh, no. Um, it, It was weird and that but yes that's crazy that yeah right but he wasn't the problem yeah apparently it's not. just her yeah. Yeah, it's just her oh but man, don't get me started but 1800s you know, <laughs> yay it's socialists in the 1800s we mm. um elsa also was a lifelong democratic socialist mm-hmm. so um when she left home and started working for herself she started out in dance uh she started training very young um she was a burlesque dancer uh she did new modeling for artists and um um, in the early 1920s, she f- uh, helped found a nightclub called Cave of Harmony, which I believe was in London. Um, and so she ran that with her partner at the time until uh, 1928 when her film career started to take off. Ah. So she sold it off. So in 1927, uh, I believe they met in theater, but then they suddenly started making tons of movies together. Um, she made friends with... An actor named Charles Lawton. Heard of him. Heard of him. Mm-hmm. And the two, they appeared in four movies that year when they uh, started working together. They just partnered up really, really well. And um, they got married in 1929. And the story Must have pissed off her parents. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. We don't mind that you're going out with him, but marrying him? What well, the hell? But What's they still had a here? really unconventional marriage, and the stories conflict on what was going on there because there are various different biographies that tell very different stories. Okay. But um, they they were a married couple. They never had kids. Um, in Elsa Lancaster, Lanchester's own biography, uh, she said after two years of marriage, she realized that Charles was a homosexual. Oh. And, but they remained devoted to each other and uh, he until he passed away in 1962. They, they were very well known for being this devoted couple, oh. if, if unconventional, but very devoted. Sure. Um, Maureen O'Hara... Uh, there's Maureen O'Hara again. Oh, heard of her. Yeah, who is a close <laughs> friend of of uh, Charles Lawton, denied that he was homosexual and claimed that what really had happened was that Elsa Lanchester could not have children because she had had a botched abortion during uh. her burlesque years and just could not have kids. But... Like the story that Charles was homosexual was covered for that. <laughs> but, and like her autobiography confirms the story about having abortions mm-hmm. during her burlesque years. It's just, it doesn't credit her well, and- lack of children on that. And then there's a third story 
Um, another biographer of her uh, said she just didn't want to have kids. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, which did is also the, which is also acceptable. Yeah, did, did she need us a cover for not having children? Did she have to blame it, it on the sexuality of her husband? It was a different time. Uh, it, it was sad. a different time, although, I, but yeah, you know, and I'm I'm more inclined. Not that I mean, what the hell do I know? But I'm more inclined to believe the autobiography. Where she not said, just because it's her autobiography, but because she's not making up the fact she said she's like she did have abortions in, during yeah. her the last days. Yeah. She's and not she's lying about like, well, that. Well, you know, he was gay. Yeah. yeah. And at Hollywood at that time, gay actors needed cover. Oh, they yeah. did. They oh, absolutely yeah. did. They absolutely needed I color, would think so. he would need more cover as a gay man than she would as a woman not having children because of a pri- prior right. abortion. Right. You know? Right. So, and so yeah. then you can see how Maureen O'Hara could mm-hmm. be like covering him. Oh. By saying, oh, he's not gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird way to yeah. do it, it's though. It's very strange. Yeah, um, that's all weird. The whole thing's weird. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they covered Rock <laughs> Hudson. I mean, and this was the 80s mm-hmm. when Rock Hudson finally yeah. came out. Yeah. But until he came out, he was getting cover from everybody in Hollywood. And everybody in Hollywood knew he was gay. Yeah. 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 It was well known. It was well known. Mm-hmm. So, so... I mean, it's been it's very different because gay actors are very much out now, mm-hmm. and it's a different world that we live in. Not to say that that everything's perfect and and you know Hollywood has figured this shit out, mm-hmm. but to say that it is a very different kind of world. So yeah. I, I I don't find it hard to believe that Charles Charles Lawton was closeted and that Elsa Lanchester was helping mm-hmm. yeah. with that cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if she cared about him as a person, as it seems like she did, mm-hmm. you know, even if there's not a sexual relationship, because you know he's not into that, and yeah, yeah, she's probably getting that itch scratched somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can see how if you cared about that individual and you're you're willing to, be, all right, I'll be your cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in this town, in this in this career that you've chosen. Yeah, yeah. Right now, mm-hmm. you need. A cover story. Right. And I'll be your cover story because mm-hmm. I care about you. I can I, I I don't know. That 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 to me all seems very logical. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. It's like, and, and why there's... would she lie about it in her autobiography? Yeah. yeah. There, there's another fourth story I've heard that she was also homosexual. So Oh, so another lavender couple in this Yeah, movie. another another mm. one. So so <laughs> that, that one I think is far less substantiated than the other three yeah. stories. Sounds but, to me like yeah, she there's, was maybe bi. Yeah, yeah. that's what I, that's my guess. Yeah, that, yeah. that seems... <laughs> but again, seems given the time period, nobody really understood the difference between... Nope, sure. Nope. You know, if, if you were having sex with a woman, then you were a lesbian. If yep. you were having sex with a man, you were straight. Mm-hmm. If you were having sex with both, people just didn't even... They, they just went with whatever whoever you were having sex with right then. Yeah, or they told you you were confused, which unfortunately they still tell bisexual yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> so... So one way or the other, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think the the Charles Lawton being gay story I, there, I find credibility there. I yeah. do too. That makes a lot of sense to me. Just given everything yeah. you know about Hollywood at the time, yeah. And so this this all these stories, a lot of the people involved in this movie were gay or bi, mm-hmm. or you know. Like, like James Whale, yeah, James Whale. <laughs> um, yeah, Colin Clive was. 
buy, if I remember correctly. And mm. uh, so it's... And he was also English, so it was, much more, <laughs> it was a much more classy kind of bisexuality. Well, well, also he was alcoholic, which was a far bigger An problem. alcoholic Englishman. <laughs> An alcoholic Englishman. <laughs> Bisexual alcoholic Englishman. Yeah, so, so if Colin Clive looks a little hollow-eyed in this movie... He does his, a little. His alcoholism a little more was really bad. Oh, dear. But uh, Whale still wanted to work with him because... He needed that unhinged quality that... Which an alcoholic can bring to the table. Yes, really. (laughs) Method acting. Yeah, apparently also the uh, the main cameraman was also an alcoholic to the extent where the studio had to arrange car rides to him from the studio because they could not trust him with his own car. Wow. But but they trust him with shooting the film. They trust they trust him with shooting the film and and particularly he had good blurry eyes. Oh god. <laughs> no, apparently the you know once you put him at a film apparently he was just like one of the best in the business and wow. and will loved working with him. It's funny. So so yeah. good for him. Ha ha ha. Alcoholism. No, oh, that's always a hoot. Comedy. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> oh my God. Right, what other details do we have that we have to share about this film? Because oh, we're getting close to. Yeah, yeah. There's, let's see, there's also uh, Boris Karloff broke his hip on the first day of shooting. Oh, Boris. And, uh, it, you know, which is no fun for him. No. And also, like, shortly before sh- the shooting started, uh, Colin Clive broke his leg while horse riding, which is why you see him uh, in the movie almost entirely sitting down or laying down. Okay. You almost huh. never see Boris Karloff somewhere. didn't have so, that option with his broken not, hip. Because with the poor man with the arthritis so, and the broken hip. So can we assume that he fell off the horse because he was drunk? <laughs> let's I, assume that just for funsies just, shall just we funsies yeah <laughs> and landed on boris karloff <laughs> no, no. no i think I, if i remember right boris karloff like slipped down the well set where he oh, like is like no. climbing at the, yeah oh boris yeah poor guy all right hmm. yeah let's see what else there's what else yeah um the makeup of course is very interesting we'll go back into that um the makeup for on Boris Karloff got slightly redesigned, you know, and the hair's a little shorter and, mm-hmm. and stuff. But also it was designed to progress through the movie. So you see him like his scars healing as oh. throughout the movie. Oh, nice. um, I did not catch yeah, that. Yeah, it's very subtle. And then of course with Elsa Lanchester, between the um like her makeup took three or four hours to apply every mm-hmm. morning. Fortunately, they only had to shoot her for like a day, right? Because Yeah, that yeah. two minutes goes by well, pretty apparently fast. Apparently, it was screen. way too long because it was, it would, apparently that costume's a real pain in the ass to yeah. wear. Because first of all, she's, she was, uh, she stood five foot four in reality, but she was on stilts that made her almost seven feet tall. Yeah, you could tell that, I mean, if, yeah. if you know what you're looking at, you know oh, yeah. that she's, just you know, that's that's one of the reasons she's got that apron covering up her body. Yep. And also um everything is wrapped in bandages including her fingers so she just could not move. Mm-hmm. She couldn't walk so people just had to like place tip her. her tip her up like a plank and like move her around the set. <laughs> yeah. Um she couldn't eat anything because she couldn't move her fingers so she mm-hmm. had to be fed through a straw while in costume. Yeah. Um god forbid if she had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. She 
You got to hold it. Yeah, got to hold it. Hold it. Yeah. Or view the costume as a diaper. (laughs) (laughs) All those bandages are very absorbent. Oh, ew, ew, ew. Yeah. This costume's only being used once, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. Oh, uh, returning actors of, of. uh, I should note that uh, the character of Carl is once again played by Dwight Fry, who played uh, Fritz in the previous movie. Fritz? Oh, Fritz? Yeah, Fritz. Fritz died in the previous movie, too. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, this is new character, so... You don't want to be so an Dwight assistant Fry. in these situations, because Seven the assistants don't come to a happy end. No, no. Ah! And, and he dies so <laughs> well. And then um, the little girl who drowned in a pond in the first movie returns here in the group of Skrull girls that get scared away by the monster. Oh, she's sure. the one who says, look, and then they go, ah, and scatter. Uh, so that's, did so she she's, recognize Boris? Were they buddies again? Yes, of course they were. Oh, good. Oh, that's <laughs> sweet. saying that because you I'm glad to people were good? nicer to Boris than they were to the monster. Yeah, yeah. He was just so... It, oh, the poor man lost like 20 pounds while making the film because he just... <sighs> Was sweating it off in that huge costume. I mean, it looks like a hot ass costume. Oh my god! And it's all there's none of none of nothing was shot outdoors. It's all sound. It's all studio. And you're you've got those huge arc lights, which are Uh just putting out insane heat. Yep. And all the bizarre laboratory equipment. That's why do they even have that lever that explodes (laughs) the the entire tower? It was going to turn them all into atoms. I know. <laughs> Why? Why? Well, because I, you'd at least put a guard on that thing. Victorious is a nuts a safety fucker. latch. <laughs> Let's put a safety latch on that lever, sure. shall we? Yeah. I don't think Frankenstein put there. I think Praetorius put it there, and Frankenstein's like, "What the fuck is this for?" He's like, "We might need it." <laughs> it's just what for? It's a callback to Emperor's New Groove. What? Why do we even you have, have that, that lever? lever. Like, you can't call back to a movie that comes later. It's Shush. Like, yeah. <laughs> Quiet, you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) All right. Yeah. yeah. So I think we're getting uh, getting to the final thoughts Mm -hmm. portion. So we have to start with Allison. Allison, I need your final thought about Bride of Frankenstein. I'm going to say it was well done for what it was supposed to be. But I'm just, I was getting, I can't say I really enjoyed it. Because I was getting pretty pissed off at the way everybody's treating that poor monster. Yeah, Mm -hmm. well, the monster is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I realize he's there to be a victim. I mean, that's the plot. That's the idea. But it just, it really started to get to me after a while. And I did I did really like that scene with the old man. But, you know, because he was, somebody was finally treating him with kindness mm-hmm. and with gentleness. Um, but it, I think it almost made things worse for him after he lost the old man. Because <laughs> he had that taste of companionship mm-hmm. and friendship. And then it was just gone. So yeah. I can't really say that I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Mm. I can admire that it was well made. I understand. Excellent. That. Yeah. Okay, Melissa, final thought? So, Una O'Connor. Una. Uh, Una. <laughs> um, she also worked in a lot of radio, and she refused to work for any radio program sponsored by a company that distributed or manufactured alcohol. Huh. So. Well, then. Oh, and also the, the music was written by Franz Waxman, who was a uh, great composer of the time. And, you know, he did stuff like Sunset Boulevard, which we watched, and yes. Place in the Sun, Style Life 17, Rear Window. We got to do Style Life 17, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. So good. <laughs> yeah. And, but uh, the music that he wrote for this was often recycled. Uh, most notably for the Flash Gordon movie serial. Uh. <laughs> and, with the, and the violin music that the old man plays was yeah. recycled in Young Frankenstein. That was, Wasn't it? No, that's a different tune. 
Yeah, no, but I mean that 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 tune was used in a different part of your. Oh, in a different part, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm almost certain. Yeah, of I'm it pretty sure because right I recognized it, and I was like, I know it's not the violin tune they use for the violin tune. Yeah, that's different. Well, that is a stunning rendition. Thank you. So my final thought is just to say that whoever I forget whether it was Percy Shelley or or Lord Byron rolled their R's like a motherfucker, didn't? I mean, holy shit. I'm like, Those things went on for days. It's like, what Ours the for hell, days. buddy? <laughs> I can tell you're classically trained because that's the only way somebody speaks like that. It was all right. Anyway, so uh, that's the, I've been saving my that comment for the for the very end of the podcast. I'm, right. I'm proud of you. Allison, thanks so much for joining us for the, Thank you uh, for for the having entire me. Frankenstein suite. Woo-hoo. Up next, we are going to follow the Frankenstein suite in a way mm-hmm. because we're going to watch Gods and Monsters. Yes. So uh, come back for that whenever uh, you listen to our podcast, pretty much. <laughs> so bye. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Dee, dee.